Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, and with us right now, we've got Noel Christopher. Noel, you are the Senior Vice President of Portfolio Services and Corporate Development at Renters Warehouse. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm very happy to be here. So starting off, what is Renters Warehouse? It's, uh, it's, this is a pretty, you've got a big portfolio. Yes. So Renner's Warehouse, uh, it's, it's, it's a really interesting story, but currently where we're at right now, we are a property management company and an investment services company, meaning we service investors in the single family rental space. So whether that's an investor that wants to, uh, that, that we have on our property management side. So we manage for about 22,000 homes, single family rental, long-term single family rental homes for 14,000 investors in 41 markets, 25 states. That's our one side of the business. Our second side of the business is that naturally, we also help those investors buy and sell those investment properties. We're not a turnkey, wow. we're not a turnkey company. We don't build homes and then resell them. We help investors. We, we provide more liquidity in the marketplace for somebody who owns a rental home. In the past, if you wanted to sell, you usually go to a realtor. They tell you you need to get the tenant out and then uh, fix the home up and sell it to a homeowner. There's a million investment property sales that happen every year. So there hasn't been many marketplaces. There's a few other companies like ourselves, Roofstock, um, really those are the only two that really focus in this space. And we, have, and we have a marketplace that you can go and put your property on, find a buyer that'll buy it with a tenant in place. And then you can go buy a property in another market. Or if you live in a high cost market, like a lot of people in the West Coast or the coastal cities can't afford to buy investment properties in their markets. So they go and buy in the areas where there's good yields. So those are the two sides of our business, property management and investment. On, on either side, uh, no. How long has Renner's Warehouse? When 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 was Renner's Warehouse found, founded? So Renner's Warehouse was founded in in two thousand and eight, and it was founded by a guy named Brenton Hayden. And mm-hmm. Brenton Hayden is still uh, on our board and and things like that. He's not involved with the company as much, but uh, so he built that company up as a property management company, um, as well as our CEO Kevin Ortner, and they were just buying properties. Um, starting to manage them, started a management company from that, and then they started franchising locations. So they they became a franchisor. Renters Warehouse became a franchisor and oh. got up to about thirty uh, franchises around the country. Which then a private equity group came in, acquired Renters Warehouse. We rolled up the franchises and created went from a franchisor, which the Sometimes the difficulty with the franchises is that you might have the same brand name, but you have a different level of service across different oh, right. locations. They're not, not every franchise is like McDonald's where you can have that same level of service. And even in the McDonald's, depending on how it's operated, there's different levels of service. So we rolled up a lot of the franchises, went out and rolled up other property management companies that we acquired and built a centrally managed uh, semi-national property management company. Semi-national meaning that we are, we're very market 
centric. So if we have a market, let's say like Denver, Colorado, we have that market. If we're not in um, Rapid City, South Dakota, we're not virtual this time. We're kind of Mm. dipping into that a little bit. So we are centrally managed with the bulk of the the management happening in Minneapolis, where we're based out of. And then we have boots Mm. on the ground in each of our markets that handle the certain aspects of property management. There's a balance that you have to have. Um, where you need boots on the ground that know the local market, but then a lot of the back office where you'd normally walk into a property management company and see people processing paperwork and invoices and rent collection and all of those things are handled yeah. in our corporate office, including okay. call center sales, that kind of stuff. Well, I'm, I guess I would say then, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons then that, that, that scalability is you've centralized right you know, a lot of things that, you know, you don't have to duplicate across, you know, all these markets, uh, that's an advantage. But would you say that, that the franchise model was really good for expansion? It was great for expansion. It was a good revenue model. model. But what's mm-hmm. been happening in the past, you know, since really the bottom of the market was in about 2012, mm-hmm. institutional funds started buying single family rentals, which mm. to give an idea now today, there's approximately 17 million long-term single, single family rentals around the country, um, mostly yeah. owned by small investors, mostly owned by people who live close to, close to where, they, where they have the property or close to where they live. So institutional funds came in and started buying. Um, the space became more uh, with more notoriety, notoriety, notoriety and it yeah. was uh, the service level wasn't there though. So if you ha- were a fund or you're somebody who owns several properties, let's say you own properties in five different markets, you had five different property managers with all different types of reporting standards, different levels of service, different different ways that they did things, and. And so there was, a, there was a very low level of service in the property management business. And there really wasn't anybody focusing on this space that is, I mean, the single family rental space is bigger than apartment buildings, bigger than office buildings, bigger than pre- any other asset class, really. So we saw the, the value in rolling up all, all of these companies in all these different locations, creating a, a consistent level of service, uh, service across multiple geographies so that now mm-hmm. investors that used to come to me when I was doing when I was working with investors in Chicago and say, okay, what's the next market I need to scale into? I need to buy a hundred homes. Well, now you can buy five homes in in ten markets, one home in forty <laughs> markets, uh, because you're getting in that same level of service. Because owning an investment property, the back end operations, how you manage it, is the most important factor. It's easy to buy. Yeah. You can rehab. You can get a tenant in there. But then, how do you keep that tenant? How do you defer and, and keep down your controllable costs, things like how quickly you release a property, um, how quickly you respond to tenant issues, things like that um, are so important. And then the natural thing is also being able to buy comfortably outside your geographic location. Now you can comfortably go and buy a property and live in California and buy a property in Kansas City, for example, and know that you're going to have professional management, have a process in place. And so that whole market is being institutionalized along with the real estate brokerage business that is being hugely disrupted. uh, The the property management investment space is being hugely disrupted as well. Now there's a place for people to go and creating liquidity in the market by having it making it easier for you to buy and sell an asset just is, is better. So it's all part of it being institutionalized and it's something that's happened in every other asset class except for the single family rentals. And now it's happening. 
Noel, give me an overview of, of your work then. Like, what do you do? And, and one thing that uh, I'm really interested in is kind of the visibility work that you do, uh, where, especially particularly on LinkedIn. Uh, sure. And is that, how does that, uh, how is that a function of your position with Renner's Warehouse? So I do a couple of things with Renner's Warehouse. I run all of our mergers and acquisitions, mostly acquisitions of buying other property management companies. Mm -hmm. I handle all all of our strategic partnerships and I work with our larger institutional investors on buying and selling, uh, you know, whether they want to buy, have a multi-channel acquisition strategy in 40 cities where they're buying. So just a side note, there is more money coming into this space than there ever has been. Yeah, a lot of people I looked at this. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people looked at the single family rental space as a trade where they bought when the market was down, but there is is I've not seen this much enthusiasm since 2012 to 15. So oh, wow. part of that is figuring out how to get in front of these medium-sized investors. What we've realized is that the majority of the people that we work with take away the large institutional funds are people like you and I. We have a day job. Uh, we're mostly on LinkedIn. I mean, these days, if you have any kind of a professional career, you have to be on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. And we've seen that uh, that is a be- that, that's our target market. Facebook is one thing. A lot of realtors go on Facebook to try to find the homeowner, but we're trying to find people and talk, have a business conversation with them. And doing that through LinkedIn has been very valuable. And LinkedIn has become so prominent on getting content out once they introduce video and then also being able to do the LinkedIn live shows, being able to put your message out to your audience, your, your, your connections that you've curated over time that fit the mold. And that's assuming that, that as you're adding connections, you're adding connections of people that are like-minded like you, uh, you, you can get your message out so quickly yeah. It's so valuable. I mean, it's unbelievable. And in what I do, I don't have a segment of people I'm selling to. It's anybody. They could be working anywhere. So right. the voice that you have on LinkedIn is unbelievable. I mean, we do Facebook. We do some things on Instagram and all that. But for me personally, I yeah. am doing things like this. I'm doing LinkedIn live shows. I'm talking about commentary in the housing market, um, wading through all of the data that's coming out there, the narratives about recessions and housing crashes and all these different things. And you can get your message out and help people and without even trying to sell. Yeah. I, I have to say that I, I think LinkedIn has been in a renaissance for more than a year now, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And from, from if you do business with professionals or business owners, I, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I just, I, nothing comes even remotely close to the success that, that we've had just in, in networking, connecting with like-minded people. You know, sometimes we do business together. Sometimes it's, you know, we share ideas. Like, you know, before our conversation, you were talking about, uh, about how to become a LinkedIn live broadcaster. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Because I am floored. I mean, it's, I, I'm, we're already doing plenty of live streaming, but LinkedIn has not been what, you know, I've just been uploading some videos to it. Yeah. Uh, but wow, what a well, huge opportunity. So, so for one, uh, there's a lot of people out there that put out that they're LinkedIn experts and some of them are, and some of them aren't. And, and I found yeah. that uh, I had an interesting conversation that we can, I'll tag you in it, uh, that we, I ended up having with a senior develop, uh, senior product manager of LinkedIn late Saturday night, somebody posted yeah. something on LinkedIn and I commented, by the way, weekends are a great time to engage with executives on LinkedIn. Um, by the way, uh, 
Wow. So I, I started posting these videos uh, every day after I dropped my kids off from school about the housing market and, and the narrative that was being pushed about a housing crash. This is about a, a little less than a year ago. And that got a lot of traction. I got contacted by LinkedIn saying, hey, we're going to be doing a uh, LinkedIn live influencer beta. And we'd like you to be part of that. So I started doing LinkedIn live shows and you use a, a third party platform and you're familiar with a few. I use social live. You, you use uh, I forgot the name of the one you're saying you use, but uh, yeah, restream restream. And so I, I've been doing shows, weekly shows where I interview people, whether it's about housing, whether it's about um, branding and influence, you know, like I love, we're going to do a show together sometime and they're very interactive it, it gets pushed out to all my first and second connections. And then it's content that stays on LinkedIn um, that people revisit all the time. And it gets pushed on LinkedIn if it hits certain metrics, obviously. And then also I record the content, content chop it up, and then use it as more content. It's, it's kind yeah. of following that Gary Vee model. Create a long yes. of content, chop it up. Um, and what I'm finding now with LinkedIn, just as a, a, a nugget, is that it used to be, a lot of people have been pushing like post as much as you can on LinkedIn, a lot of content. I was mm -hmm. talking to a LinkedIn senior product manager just recently or director uh, recently on LinkedIn. And he was saying that now, because so many people are just pushing stuff out there, it's better to pull back a little bit, post three to four good pieces of original content a week uh -huh. and you're going to get more traction. Look, LinkedIn is really good about pushing news articles to you. They're really good about um, getting you in front of different types of content. You don't necessarily need to repost what was on the national news today. Um, you're better to put some original content, text right. content. It doesn't always have to be video or have a picture. You can put some text content, engage people. When you're doing videos, you want it to be educational, not informational. So informational meaning like, hi, I'm Noel from Renner's Warehouse and this is what I do. It is, hey, this is what I think here. I have Josh on. We're going to talk about influencer marketing or we're going to talk about the housing market and giving good content. Um, LinkedIn, we can put it up and, then there, and it's not all algorithms. It hits certain levels and people actually look at it and promote the content more. That's why you'll see something that's three weeks old that has 100,000 uh, views because it was interesting content. So, Wow. It's wow. interesting stuff. Yeah. And so uh, what, what content do you think plays really well for uh, LinkedIn Live? You already mentioned like just interesting conversations, but does it need to be super polished? I mean, what, no. what, what do you... Um, it, it's polished in a sense of that it's, it's, uh, you have good content, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be polished as far as production. Um, having this, the two thirds and having, uh, you know, some of the, some of those <laughs> things, I use some graphics, I'll pull in something that I pulled from housing market data and say, look, here it is. Here's why it is this interesting, educational LinkedIn doesn't want, they say they don't want you to do much metadata and meta type things where they're, where you're saying, how do you become more successful on LinkedIn and then post that on LinkedIn? Right. So right. I see people doing that. The, the ones that get the really good traction is when you're going to give some good nuggets of information and it's mm -hmm. interesting and each, each, I guess has a pretty good following. Um, but, you know, I see some people that just put a camera on and they record like just a, a meeting or something. That's not very interesting. It should be engaging. Um, and, you know, and I know you know this better than probably anybody. The brand promotion is is you're promoting people. Like 
the way yeah. you promote brands these days, you promote yourself. So like me out there telling my story and the story doesn't always have to be business oriented, although it is more focused on business on LinkedIn. It's telling your story of what you're doing and how, what you're up to. People are interested to see that and on mm -hmm. a daily basis. I mean, I, I, you know, I go in spurts, but I post these videos and, and literally turn, I turn on the camera after I drop my kids off at school and just what's ever on my mind. Uh, and it gets interesting traction. Um, better than polished videos. So it's, but, but you need to, you know, when I, when I post just a video on LinkedIn, I go in and I add captions to it, right? Yes. And I add a title. Yes. Things like that. It's not just me in my car in a grainy video. I add some, I, I spend a little bit of time producing it, but the video itself is not overproduced. So. Right. You know, uh, what, what do you use for captions? Um, I came across a service called Capwing and it's free, K-A-P-W-I-N-G and it's free. And that oh, you just, wow. it's, it's automated, but then, um, you can easily edit, edit it. Oh, so, it's wonderful. And it's free. Well, I'll, yeah. Send that to me. Cause I've tried rev.com, which is pretty good. They take a few days and they're very accurate or they take a few yeah. hours. Um, and then Q, 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 I, C, C. They're pretty mm -hmm. good. They're instantaneous, but you have to do a lot of editing. Um, I yes. prefer the quicker and doing a little bit of editing. I use uh -huh. Camtasia for my video yeah. production. And I can add, you know, if it's a, if it's a two minute video, I'll just do the captions. Um, yeah. It only takes me five minutes. So no, I, I love the user interface. I've tried a few things and, and I love the user interface for a cap wing and okay. uh, yeah, I mean, they just lay it all out. So, and it's pretty accurate, um, but you just have to go through and like, no, I didn't say that. I said, you know, right. the, kind of the, you know, the, it's, just, it's not perfect, but um, certainly it's, it's really helpful. You know, and again, the biggest thing is just being able to turn it around really quick Absolutely. is my biggest thing. So I just give that to someone on my team to do. <laughs> so <laughs> That's great. Well, Noel, thank you. I want to thank you so much. Um, you know, again, you're the senior vice president of portfolio services uh, and uh, corporate development. Man, I feel like I've just been hanging out with a friend. Uh, I'm surprised we don't have a couple of drinks right now. And <laughs> <It'd> be nice. <laughs> just geeking out on social media. So, um, Come to listen, uh, Springs. Yep. Yep. And so rennerswarehouse.com. Uh, I, I really want to thank you for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you on my show sometime soon. Absolutely. So you can connect with Noel, follow him on LinkedIn, just search for Noel Christopher. And I think if you use that, maybe the keywords renters warehouse, you can find Noel and uh, certainly tap in and watch uh, Noel's uh, LinkedIn live stream uh, is, is, uh, his shows. I'm, I'm going to watch it right now. And I got the application open right now as we speak so I can get mine in. Thanks Excellent. so much, Noel. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.